0: Hey, thanks for listening to My Wife Hates Sports. Here to talk to Chargers football mostly every week. Talking a little bit of NBA, a little bit of fantasy football along the way. Get in on halftime. We're doing it every week. I'll put the announcements up each week of what time we're going to be on. What's up everybody, thanks for hopping into My Fate Sports today. What a good week for sports. We got uh, NBA media days, NBA training camp opening up this week, got some preseason action, Uh, WNBA playoffs are going. Most importantly on on my schedule is NFL week three. That was just an awesome week. I'm feeling pretty good as a Chargers fan. We're feeling great getting that dub over the Chiefs. What an awesome game that was, I'll get into that as well. Um, today I want to talk about NFL penny stock picks, so I'll get into that, talk some Chargers Chiefs, recap some of the games from week three, I also want to talk some fantasy football towards the end. So my penny stock picks, I'm going to be doing this segment each week, little fun hypothetical gambling. So week three, I'm, I'm taking $10 each week and I'm putting it into my favorite bets, probably do like four or five each week, dividing up the $10 and just seeing if I'm, I'm plus or minus each week and I'll I'll keep like a cumulative score going through the season. So week three, um, I put $2 on the Patriots to cover their minus three versus the Saints. Um, I took an L on that one. It was to win $2 and the Patriots did not cover. In fact, the Saints looked uh, more like they did in week one than they did in week two. And I I thought that Belichick would be able to scheme up something better over uh, Jameis and company, but I'll take the L on that one. Uh, Raiders, I put 2 dollars 5 on the Raiders to cover their 3.5 uh, favorite versus the Dolphins to win $2.31. I also took an L on that one. Uh, the Raiders did win, so I should have bet the money line there. And they won in overtime by 3, and they needed to cover 3.5. So missed that on that one. I put 2 dollars 5 on the Bears to cover their 7.5 dog at the Browns. That would have won two dollars and twenty seven cents. Again, took the L. Dang it, Browns. Um, I thought that Justin Fields would have a better full debut uh, game than he did. Realistically, I just I had more uh, confidence in him and Matt Nagy, who everyone's calling for his head. Um, looks like he'll be on the outs pretty quick here. And then my biggest bet out of the four was $3 on the Chargers to cover plus seven at Chiefs. So that was my one hit for the week. I won $2.73 with that W. So cumulative week score is minus 4.7. So I walked into the week with $10 and I walked out with uh, like 573. So minus four overall, but happy that I did put... Um, The Chargers as my biggest bet of the week. It's going to be hard for me to not bet the Chargers one way or the other each week um, for obvious reasons, but you win some, you lose some. So I had pretty good confidence for the Chargers to cover versus the Chiefs. Uh, It's a division game. Those normally tend to be close, and the Chargers have had uh, pretty good luck over the years staying close with the Chiefs. So the Chargers had the win in 2018 over the Chiefs, with old Philip Rivers hitting the game-winning touchdown to Mike Williams that would have tied the game, but we decided to go for two. And then that two-point conversion again to Mike Williams uh, gave us the W there. And then last year with Herb, uh, obviously his first game, we lost in overtime. So close game there. And then later in the season, the Chargers won, um, but that was with the Chiefs resting their starters. So regardless I felt pretty good about the Chargers being close. And the Chiefs were coming off a loss against the Ravens in week two. Um, So I thought that could go either way. When when good teams lose, they either come back really, really strong, which is what I was afraid of with the Chiefs, that maybe they would stop messing around and kind of put the foot on the gas. But that wasn't the case. They were pretty sloppy. You know, four turnovers. Obviously, I'll get into more Chargers Chiefs in a bit. So regardless, felt good about the Chargers covering, and they did. The Bears covering against the Browns. I thought the Justin Fields would be better. I thought that the offensive plan would be better. You know, when you draft a guy, you got all off season to, you know, scheme up game plans for him. And what Maggie did with Mitch Trubisky a few years ago was super impressive. Uh, it turned out to be, you know, smoke and mirrors or you know whatever saying you want to use to where it was kind of fool's gold with Trubisky and the Bears. But I thought they could bring back some of that with Justin Fields, who I think is a better athlete than Trubisky, for one. And we haven't really seen it in the NFL yet, but I thought that he had a chance to be a better thrower than Trubisky as well, at least more accurate. Um, so those things combined, I thought that Justin Fields would have a much better debut. It was bad. Uh, I think the stats been thrown around. They had net one-plus passing yards, had some yards on the ground. It was just terrible. I think they had less offensive yards than Justin Tucker's field goal. Saw that as well. So took the L. The Browns have been impressive. Obviously, Kareem Hunt had a stellar game, and that backfield's just a, probably the best one-two punch in the league right now. I can't think of a better backfield than the Browns having Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb right now. It's It's been good for fantasy. It's been good for the Browns and, and their production so far this season. Raiders to cover the Dolphins. So, Jacoby Brissett, it was so funny because when two was in, the line was at like four or maybe it was four and a half before when before two was ruled out. Tua gets ruled out and the Raiders the line actually becomes closer. It goes down to three and a half. The odd setters had more confidence in Jacoby Brissett to win over the Raiders than they did in Tua, which is really interesting. Um Jacoby Brissett obviously playing for his career kinda right now, you know, if he puts on Good film, good tape. He's either a candidate to keep the starting job if they if they can rack up some wins, or you know every GM's watching, every uh, you know coach is watching all the film. So if he's available, they're going they're going to remember these games is that he was productive and efficient and competed, coming in uh, short notice as the backup. Um, so this is a a big opportunity for the rest of his career to put on good film and you know keep earning spots on rosters. Um, if there was odds right now to bet that Tua would never start an, another game for the Dolphins, I'd be really interested to see what those odds were, and I would not be shy to, to throw a little bit of cash on that because Brissett looked really good. They were competitive with the Raiders, who were undefeated, took them to overtime, and they lose on a field goal. So Brissett obviously has got some momentum that I think the team believes in him, and uh, they're rallying behind him, so it'll be interesting to see what they're able to do. Um, in week four. Week four, they play the Colts. That should be a W for the Dolphins. I would be surprised if if they lost that game. Um, so Raiders don't cover, but they get the dub. <clears throat> Patriots, Mac Jones um, versus Jameis, famous Jameis Winston. I th- really thought Belichick would be able to scheme up a better plan against Jameis, who, who has been productive from a touchdown standpoint, but not really a number of completions, racking up yards. It's not really what he's done this year at all, which is surprising because that's historically been his play style is to just huck the ball downfield and have guys run under it. They do have the convincing win over the Patriots, and Mac Jones seemed to struggle a bit. And interceptions seem to be not scarce for rookie quarterbacks this year. A lot of the rookies are struggling. They are rookies. A lot of them aren't in the best situations, not with the best teams or with the best staffs or with the best weapons around them. But Mac Jones seems to be in the best situation, either him or Trey Lance. So Mac Jones, I had confidence that Belichick could scheme it up. And those interceptions, a couple of them were tips off guys, uh, you know, not the best ball placement, but certainly not all interception worthy. But, you know, Saints defense capitalized on it and uh, Mac had a hard day and uh, I'm sure he'll bounce back from it. Who do the Patriots have in week four? Week four, Patriots play the Bucks. That's right. That's gonna be a fun one. I'm sure that'll be on everyone's schedule. Primetime Sunday night football. Can't wait for that game. All right. Week four NFL penny stock picks. I'm putting $2.50 on the Ravens money line at the Broncos. The Broncos are the favored team, minus one, so it's just a pick them. And if this were a Ravens home game, they would probably be favored by two to two and a half, I would guess. So Broncos are favored at home. I really have confidence that the Ravens can win this game and that the Broncos undefeated streak will end. I think they're going to catch their first loss this week against the Ravens, who have a lot of really strange momentum, obviously beating the Chiefs, uh, being aggressive and stepping on their throats. And then Justin Tucker's absolute bomb this last week, setting records over the Lions. So obviously the Lions aren't the toughest opponent out there. The Broncos seem to be a little bit more of a complete team. But I also got some heart on this. I need the Broncos to lose uh, to close that gap in, in the AFC West. Um, Broncos lose, Chargers win over Raiders, and that should line it up well for the Chargers to get the lead in the AFC West and, and keep, it, keep it moving. So... Ravens, I have uh, confidence that they'll win. So money line two dollars and fifty cents on that one to win two forty five. My next one is the Cardinals. I'm putting two dollars on the Cardinals to cover plus six against the Rams, and this game's in LA. If they hit, it would win one seventy five. So not the biggest small smallest bet of the week for my penny stocks. Um, Cardinals have just been explosive. They've been electric. They've been fun to watch. Um, they're just a highlight reel of a team right now. Plus six seems to be really high for a division game for two good teams. And the Rams are obviously feeling real good right now, coming off a win over the Bucks. And maybe they just ride this little honeymoon W too long and they don't prepare as well for this division opponent. Um, Stafford doesn't have as much experience going against the Cardinals um, because he's new to the division. The rest of the guys... You know, it's pretty familiar for them. Rams have been hot. They've been on fire. They're, by most accounts, the best team in the league right now. Uh, it's tough. It, it, I don't really have a best team in the league just because the sample size isn't big enough for me right now. They're getting off to a hot start, certainly, but I think the Cardinals can finish the game within six points of the Rams. Okay, two and a half on the Vikings' money line versus the Browns. So the Browns are favored minus two, but this game's in Minnesota. So they'll be playing in their their home dome. Kirk Cousins is on a bit of a a tear right now, a bit of a hot streak. The last two weeks have been really good for him. This last week, I did start him in my fantasy league, and he produced very well, putting up over 30 points. Um, Pretty convincing win over the Seahawks. He's got a lot of weapons. So they got the backfield with Dalvin Cook and Madison, and Cook was out and Madison just filled in. uh, Almost didn't even miss a step, like, the drop off between Cook and Madison in that offense um, isn't much. Obviously Cook's the better player and deserves, you know, much more money and on the open market I'm sure he would demand uh, a bigger salary. But in that offense, that scheme, maybe it's the hair as this, their similarity that just lets Madison produce. But they've been playing well. They got weapons, galore, Thielen, Jefferson, they got guys and Kirk's hot right now. He's traditionally he's been up and down either he's really hot or really cold but right now he's hot so i'm just gonna ride it putting 250 on the vikings to win outright over the browns in minnesota and i can win 280 off that bet this last bet might be my favorite bet out of the four i'm putting three dollars on the lions to cover plus three in chicago versus the bears if they hit it'll win 261 lions Their record is not as bad as as the team is, I don't think. You know, Justin Tucker has to hit the longest game-winning field goal in NFL history off the bottom crossbar for them to win by two as time expires. So that's a game they could have easily won if, uh, you know, Lions Twitter has been fuming since then because the delay of game that should have been called the previous play, um, which would have pushed them back five yards and would have pushed them out of field goal range. Uh, Time had expired pretty obviously on that one. I know the refs are pretty forgiving sometimes with delay of games just because they, I guess their procedure on it is they they're watching the ball. They look up at the play clock. If the play clock hits zero, then they look back at the ball and see if it's been snapped. So you kind of get like an extra second, second and a half out of that one. But the Ravens definitely did not snap that ball on time. That, that definitely should have been called as long as the, the, the play clock on the screen was synced up with the play clock in the stadium. You know, sometimes it's off. Uh, that should have been a delay game. So lions to cover over the bears. The bears look terrible and they're still favored by three. They are at home. If this was in Detroit, I don't think the bears would be favored at all, but I don't have much reason to have faith in the bears and that coaching staff right now coming out, out of this loss. The Lions look gritty. Uh, Jared Goff hasn't been terrible. DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams in the backfield are looking good. Um, they're playing with a lot of heart. Uh, you know, they've kind of taken on the spirit of, of uh, Motor City Dan Campbell. And I think they're going to for sure be able to cover plus three. I wouldn't be surprised if they won this game, to be honest. I, I don't think the Bears have much going for them right now. So those are my penny stocks for the week. Two and a half on the Ravens money line, two dollars on the Cardinals to cover six at the Rams, two fifty on the Vikings to win versus the Browns, and three dollars on the Lions to cover plus three at the Bears in Chicago. All right, let's talk some Chargers Chiefs. What a game. It's Christmas morning when I wake up and I see Asante Samuel getting picks off my homes early. We go up early. It's just it's the best. I I had a conversation with a couple of my Charger buddies. And I said, I honestly would rather beat the Chiefs in the regular season, either in Kansas City or in L.A. doesn't matter to me, Mexico City, wherever the game is. I would rather beat the Chiefs in the regular season than have a win in the wild card round against some random team than lose in the second round in the divisional round. If we're just going to win one playoff game, then lose, and we just beat a random team like the Ravens, the Titans, whoever it is, I would rather beat Mahomes and the Chiefs during the regular season, at least one of the games, if not both. Um, that's how deep this rivalry is right now, and it's it's the beginning of it, but it's already deep. Chargers, historically, they're – I would say the team that Chargers fans hates the, hate the most is the Raiders. Um, that rivalry has kind of been the strongest over the years in the AFC West, but the last few years, you know, the Chiefs, have a target on their back from every team but especially the Chargers so start out the game Mahomes tries a no look pass he has a, a receiver wide open no need to do it no look the receiver thinks it's going somewhere else and it's off target hits off the guy's back shoulder pops up in the air and Asante Samuel who had an interception last week off of Dak Prescott solely based off his superb ball skills this guy always has his eyes on the quarterback. He's always ball hawking. He's always looking for an opportunity to get an interception and run it back. And he sees the ball bounce off this guy's shoulder, fly up in the air. And he makes one of the, probably the interception of the year so far, but one of the most impressive interceptions I've seen in a while, other than that uh, Oklahoma interception a couple weeks ago, which you know is probably top three interceptions of all time. But I called, our, I called my shot on him for us to draft him in the second round this year, and that panned out, and I couldn't be happier. He's been awesome for us. Uh, yeah, Michael's such a steal. Dude, this guy has amazing pedigree. His dad is maybe not a Hall of Famer, but he's not far out of it. Playing for the Pats and the Eagles, got some Super Bowls. I mean, Asante Samuel Sr. was a guy that I always would have loved to have on the Chargers. So when I saw his son coming up, saw that he's an absolute dog – uh, Florida state obviously has the connection with Derwin James and Jalen Ramsey, who I wouldn't be surprised if Jalen Ramsey hopped on the Chargers in the next couple years. Cause his relationship with Derwin and Asante and coach Staley, I couldn't be happier with Asante in the second round. Hill gets the ball in like a crossing route, um, kind of over the middle. Tavon Campbell punches it out. Mike Davis picks it up and that looked like a borderline drop to me. That probably that fumble probably could have been called either way, but they called it fumble on the field and played on, so that's a little bit harder to overturn kind of once once the play's already through. But it was close. Hill doesn't normally fumble, so I'll take that. So, now we're plus 1 in the turnover margin. Keenan Allen gets the touchdown off the Herbert jump pass. Herbert uh didn't look great in the red zone last week against Dallas. Obviously got a couple touchdowns called back. You know, I'm trying to get over that. I'm in the the healing process of that one. But he looks the guy off, pump fakes, comes back to Keenan in the end zone, gets the touchdown. Um, Herbert was amazing in this game, four touchdowns, no interceptions. Um, Then we missed the extra point. And I think that kind of set the table for later in the game, not having as much confidence. Um, going to our field goal kicker when the game's on the line. It was a really, really windy game, so uh, you know you can scratch off some of the blame, but missing extra points is, is pretty unacceptable. I get it's not the chip shot that it used to be, but it's still a very makeable kick for a kicker who's uh, trying to earn his way in the NFL, so I hope he can sharpen that up. We got Clyde Edwards-Alaire fumbles after again Tavon Campbell strips it again. One thing I think is hilarious with Clyde, and maybe you guys have noticed this, is on SportsCenter, Scott Van Pelt, whenever he says his name, he says, Clyde Edwards, e Lair. Just making sure you get the pronunciation right. It's not hell it's e But you don't have to scream the E every time, Scott Van Pelt. Just Clyde Edwards-A-layer. He fumbles. Tavon Campbell gets his second strip. um, And Mike Davis picks it up again. So good, (laughs) good uh, combo of, of... The strip and the scoop there between Campbell and Davis. Um, Get the ball back, and we're capitalizing off these turnovers. Keenan catches a high ball for the first down in the red zone. And then, uh, you know, one thing with Herbert is his ball placement has just been superb. He he has big targets. Obviously, Keenan's not the biggest receiver, but he's 6'2", 6'3", and has a pretty good catch radius. Mike Williams, massive target. Jared Cook, massive target. Donald Parham's like 6'8". So Herbert's ball placement, throwing the ball high in a way where only his guy can get it. Keenan gets that high ball, and then Eckler leaks out of the backfield. Week one, there was a big criticism that Eckler wasn't involved in the passing game at all. He didn't have any receptions, and fantasy owners weren't stoked on that. But this play, he had like eight yards of separation between him and the closest Chiefs defender. So he's able to get that reception, just bolts right into the end zone, dives in, gets the score on the board. Obviously great for fantasy perspective, gets the catch, gets like 12 yards and the touchdown, big play. Just lightning out of a bottle for Eckler. Um, so then we go for two, and we go for two because we missed the extra point. And when we line up, nobody's even on Mike Williams. So Herbert just checks it at the line. Mike Will is waving at him. Hey, no one's on me. Just throw it over here. And he gets it to him. Took a little bit too long on the snap for my liking. I think we just should have walked up and – once he saw that, just freaking snap the ball and throw it to him. But we make it 14 zip. And Staley's not been shy about going for two. Obviously, <laughs> yesterday or on Sunday seemed to be one of the most aggressive performances we've seen from a coach going for it on so many fourth downs and going for two all the time. I love it. I like to see it. They said the Chiefs have had a, a lead in 68 consecutive games, including playoffs. That's just insane to me. That with this Mahomes guy, you always got a chance. They're going to have a lead in every single game. And their defense has, has been their downfall most of the time. Not been the best defense. Um, Chargers get the ball back. They're down 14-17. We go for it on fourth and four instead of attempting a 46-yard field goal to tie the game. Of course, Keenan Allen shakes his guy, gets it. And uh, Romo was great on that call. Um, Mike Williams is supposed to run a slant, and he shakes his guy so hard that he jumps inside, and then Mike Will just goes upfield. He's got open space between him and the end zone, goes up, throws his hand up, and gets the touchdown. Mike Will has just been on fire. If There's no way he's available in your fantasy leagues at this point, but he was a super late round pick and a waiver wire in a lot of leagues. If you don't have Mike Will, you probably won't be able to get him at this point, but he is making a big difference for fantasy. Three games, four touchdowns. I th- think he's got like over 300 yards at this point and just racking it up. So he's been awesome. Last year, he wasn't much of a factor as he was the year before with with Phil in 2018, especially he had 10 tuds. And he's on pace to beat that this year. And we'll see if anyone can slow him down. But Mike Williams in the red zone on the goal line is just basically unstoppable. Uh, Chiefs score on the Hardman sweep uh Mahomes gets the 1-inch touchdown pass. Uh so they go back up 24-21. 6:30 left in the game. It's getting tight. My blood's starting to pump. My heart's beating. I'm starting to sweat a little bit. Um just high anxiety for the last 7 minutes of this game. Chargers get down the field really quick. Um too quick for my liking, you know, against the Red, or not not the Redskins, against Washington football team in week one, we had the drive at the end of the game that was an absolute clock killer. Took like six and a half minutes off the, off the game and just took a knee on like the five-yard line to win. I thought we had a chance to do that again in this game, getting the ball back with 6.30 left, but just had big plays down the field to Jared Cook, Mike Williams again, and just got down way, way fast. There was still like two, three possessions left in the game after this. Um, so we have an illegal shift, Jared cook again, Illegal shift should be when there's two people motioning, they both have to get set. If you have one guy motioning, he can be in motion when the ball is snapped. As long as he's not, um, having momentum running towards the line of scrimmage. If he's side to side, he can be moving. Um, and there was Jared Kick was the only got a motion on this play. So I, I'm not sure why they called an legal shift. So anyways, we got to clean that up. <laughs> if I see one more legal shift all year, it's going to be frustrating because there's no reason why they should have it again. So if the refs are, are calling it, they're throwing the flag for those. Just wait until the guy is set and then call it or just don't motion him at all. So we have the little flip pass to the fullback neighbor's. Another touchdown call off the board. We're having a good streak of of touchdowns getting called back here. But we end up settling for the short field goal. Tie it up 24-24. Two minutes left for the Chiefs uh, when they get the ball back. And I texted my buddy and I said, "So is this a 99% chance or a 100% chance that Mahomes wins this game? At this point, tie game, two minutes left. Maybe Brady would have won it. Maybe he's the only – only quarterback that you would rather have in that scenario than Mahomes tie game two minutes left to just go down the field manage it perfectly and win the game but for whatever reason Mahomes gets a little reckless a little careless um he explained after the game that you know I've I've, we've ran this play so many times where we just get uh you know guys open downfield and I just kind of throw it up and they just get under it um what he didn't take into account was the safety over the top which credit to the Chargers defense and their staff for game planning this the right way. Always, always, always having a guy deep over the top, especially of Hill, but also of Kelsey. So Mahomes scrambles to the right, and Kelsey reverses direction and comes back, and Mahomes just overthrows it, and Alohi Gilman, La'Eye boy, Hawaii boy, local boy, gets under it for, I think, the first interception of his career. Um, after we drafted him last year. So happy for him. Um, Just trying to force the big play, trying to get lucky or trying to get a flag, and it just didn't work out. So that's awesome. I love it. And at that point, I was like, all right, we got a real chance here. Let's just uh, manage the clock right. Uh, And then we get stopped on the second and third down. Fourth and four, offense lines up to go for it. And I'm thinking, oh, this is pretty gutsy. But, you know, it's a windy day. Our kicker already missed an extra point. Probably don't have the most confidence in him. So we send out the offense to go for it on fourth and four. And then we get a false start. Uh, it's a hard count motion. And, uh, you know, the left guard and left tackle both, uh, you know, false start. So moving back to fourth and nine. So now I'm thinking, all right, now we're definitely at a field goal range. It's a long field goal. Uh, but you don't want to punt in this situation because you're trying to win. I think if we learned anything from the Ravens last week, Playing the Chiefs, it's that you have to try to win the game. You can't try not to lose. You got to be aggressive. You got to go for it. And fortune favors the bold. So they go for it on fourth and nine. Staley, after the game, said, You know, when you got these guys on offense, it's the easiest decision in the world. Uh, When you got Herbert, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, Mike Williams, Jared Cook, a good offensive line, you feel confident in it. And they get the, the PI call. Um, So that really set it up nicely. Good break there. First down, spot of the the flag. And again, we just got to the goal line super quick. First and goal, and Romo's on the call, and he's saying, you know, I would honestly just take a freaking knee right here. Run the clock all the way down. There's like 30 seconds left in the game. Run it down till you got like three seconds left. Call a timeout. Kick the chip shot as close as you can get field goal, and you should win. And Herbert and... Mike Williams admittedly after the game said, you know, this was actually a design run play. But Herbert liked the matchup for Mike Williams. So he checks it to a fade, which is just (laughs) super ballsy, super aggressive to just be like, you know, we got 30 seconds left. We're in perfect position to win this game by three points. And I'm going to throw a fade instead to Mike Williams just because I like the matchup and he's good. And it works. Mike Williams gets second touchdown of the of the game. There was some criticism earlier in the year, I think it was against Washington, where um one of the reporters asked Staley, he said, you know, goal line fades aren't the statistically the the most uh high reward play based off analytics when you're on the goal line. They're actually not not that successful. And Staley said, you know, well, when you got Mike Williams and Justin Herbert, I think that's a pretty successful play. So we we like it based off the matchup. We're not gonna throw it up to anyone you know, you're not going to throw a goal line fade to a Cole Beasley um, or Deshaun Jackson on the goal line. But when you got a big, you know, six, five guy out there, throw it up. rebound. So Chargers were aggressive and it played to their victory. Um, instead of conservative trying to run the ball, you know, in Chargers fashion, we could have had penalties, a fumble on the goal line that we've had in the past, missed chip shot, field goal hit off the post. We've We've seen it all. So I don't have a problem just being conservative and just saying, you know what, we're just going to go ahead and win this game right here. And there's still 30 seconds left on the clock. Chiefs still have a timeout. So my blood is still just fuming. I can't sit still. I'm up pacing around the room. My wife's just staring at me weird. She doesn't know what's going on. Um, But 30 seconds left and uh, the Chiefs just can't make it happen. And I would not have been that surprised, but they would have had to score a touchdown and get the extra point. And then we would have lost by one because we did miss the extra point in perfect charges. Fashion missed the extra point on the game winning touchdown. So it just leaves the door just a little bit cracked for the chiefs. Um, but they threw up the hail Mary and it falls short. So awesome. Awesome. W couldn't be more ecstatic. Made my whole day better. I'm still feeling happy for the win. Bosa was big on the last drive. I think defenses play a little bit too conservative sometimes in like hail mary situations, when it's almost better to just go balls out and blitz them, and get pressure on it because then they can't wait for their receivers to get all the way down the field and they just have to throw it early. So that's what how Bosa was so critical on those last few plays, pressuring Mahomes, getting him to throw out the ball early, and you know overthrowing Kelsey over the middle and just missing targets. So. I think that's a a strategy that more teams will adopt is, you know, when you're playing prevent defense and you, a lot of times they only rush like two or three interior linemen who don't get any pressure at all. And the quarterback just has all day and you're just kind of banking on having more guys down at the end of the field to swat down the the hail Mary pass. But it seems to be a more effective strategy to, you know, put pressure on the quarterback and make it uncomfortable for him, get him to throw the ball out earlier. So that was awesome. I like that strategy. And Mike Williams has now been deemed the Chiefs killer. Game-winning touchdowns in two games against the Chiefs now. And I hope uh, we can keep this up. Really, really interesting division, AFC West. Both, Both West divisions, AFC West, NFC West, definitely at the top of the NFL, definitely at the top of their conference. And we could see three playoff teams in each of those. I wonder if statistically we could get four. We would all have to kind of split wins and losses in those division games to have four teams in the playoffs. So what does it take to beat the Chiefs? Big question. And uh, we've seen it the last two weeks now. You need turnovers. You need to win the turnover battle. You know, that's kind of the key to win any NFL game is if you win the turnover battle and you're better on third down and you're better in the red zone, that normally – leads to a win unless you know you're the chargers and get last minute penalties last minute miss field goals and last minute turnovers but that aside that's kind of the formula to win the nfl win the turnover battle win on third down win in the red zone and the chiefs were minus four in turnovers and they only lost by one possession that's insane the chargers take away four opportunities for the chiefs to put points on the board and their offense is so productive and so explosive that the Chargers only win by one possession when they took away four from the Chiefs. So you you can't have any mistakes. If, if the Chargers had one turnover or didn't strip one of those fumbles or didn't pick off one of those passes, uh, this is a different story. This is a different movie. The other thing against the Chiefs is you got to take away Hill. Ravens showed it last week. Chargers did it this week. Jam him at the line, make it uncomfortable, ride a guy with him, and always have a guy floating over the top. Um, Like I said earlier, this is forcing Mahomes to look at other options. Kelsey is one of the greatest tight ends of all time, but he's not going to have the downfield explosiveness that Tyreek Hill has. He's still great, and if you can put like a linebacker and a safety on him, if you can just take away that option as well. And then you're just playing man-on-man for their other three options. That's a pretty good strategy, and Mahomes is going to try to do what he can do. I don't think their Super Bowl loss against the Bucks. I don't think there's as much to take from that as like this is how you beat the Chiefs because their O-line was just completely obliterated. Uh, and, you know, Mahomes is still running around trying to do the best he can making plays, but that's not a, a consistent strategy or consistent formula you can use because their offensive line is not going to be that bad week to week. But you can take away Hill every week. That's something you can do. And you can try to win the turnover battle. And you can be as effective and efficient as you can be on third down in the red zone. So Staley's locker room speech has been awesome to see. The the Chargers have a guy that's, you know, one of their videographers is just right in front of his grill. Every time they get a W in the locker room when he's talking to the team. And every W so far, so against Washington and against the Chiefs, Staley starts off by saying, is anyone surprised? And the team audibly responds with no. Um, I'm a little surprised, a little bit. Chiefs in Kansas City, this is your third game as a head coach. Obviously, you're sharp, you're impressive, and I love what I've seen so far. But yeah, I'm a little surprised. I couldn't be happier about it. But to say I'm not surprised at all, uh, that's not accurate. So I love it, Staley. You're you're winning the heart of many Chargers fans, and you're winning the heart of NFL fans who – don't have a team or don't have a, a West Coast team or an AFC team, and Chargers gaining a lot of momentum right now. I saw a Bleacher Report put out their power rankings, and they have the Chargers as the fifth best team in the league. I think that would be similar to a lot more lists if they had the win against the Cowboys. It'd be hard to keep them out of the top ten, but top five seems like a little bit of a stretch right now. Hope that doesn't get to their heads, but Staley's just a been the answer to a lot of Chargers fans' prayers. So, yeah, Staley, we're a little surprised, but we love to see it, and we hope you keep it up. So, Derwin James goes out of the game for a bit because he has a shoulder injury, and he comes back in and seems to be fine. And in his post-game presser, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm good. I'll, I'll be fine. Playing next week. Absolutely, definitely, I'm good. Joey Bosa leaks out that Derwin James' shoulder popped out of place, and he popped it back in either on the sideline or in the locker room and went back into the game. Derwin James has had a terrible history of, of injury. And for this to be the case where dude's shoulders pops out of place and a shoulder for a safety is super, super important. You're smashing shoulders with guys, closing off tackles, closing out plays. Most plays, the safety's in on, you know, coming down and hitting something. If Derwin James was like a UFC fighter or a boxer, he would be that dude who like is getting knocked out and like falling down or gets knocked out and tries to get back up and keep fighting and like fights off the ref to try to keep fighting. That would be Derwin James if he was a UFC fighter. So I'm happy that uh, he's in the NFL where he <laughs> has medical staffs that look at him and always watching him after every play to make sure he's good because he does not want to come out of any game for any reason at any time. And it's one of the things that makes him great. It's his drive. It's his motor. And it's his passion. You know, he's the heartbeat of that defense and he's the signal caller for it. You know, not many safeties in the NFL have the green dot on their helmet. Um, Staley had it last year with the Rams. I believe it was on John Johnson, the safety as well. And that was kind of different. And obviously, coming to the Chargers, it it was a pretty easy decision to do that with Thurman James. Don't normally love to pull stats from other guys because at least if I do, I, I make sure to to give them their credit. So, Greeny, shout out. His stat, he said, Mahomes has had 57 starts. 57 starts, Mahomes. There have been five out of those 57 games where the opposing quarterback has had more yards, more yards per attempt, and a higher completion percentage. Five times in Mahomes' 57 starts. Two out of those five games has been Justin Herbert. That is incredible. That is insane. So Justin Herbert's first game ever playing in the NFL. Didn't know he was even going to start. Last-minute decision after, you know, Tyrod gets the golf tee shoved in his lung. Herbert comes out and throws for more yards, more yards per attempt, and a higher completion percentage than Mahomes. So that was one. And the second one was this last Sunday. Herbert outplayed Mahomes. He's outplayed him two times now, and he's beaten him once. Um, This is a bona fide rivalry. This is going to be a Peyton versus Brady style rivalry, I think for the next decade and a half. And I'm here for it. I'm ready for it. Uh this is gonna be one for the ages. Cause if Herbert has outplayed Mahomes both times that he's played them, obviously he's getting up for those games. And I don't know what it is because Herbert, you know, obviously he's a physical specimen, but coming out of the draft or coming, you know into the draft, there were so many doubts about his leadership style, his personality, people were so concerned about for whatever reason. And uh, he's gaining the confidence of his team. The teammates love him. The guys love him. The coaches love him. The fans love him. And I think, you know, mainstream national media is just grasping at Justin Herbert right now. Everyone's saying, you know, the gap between Herbert and Mahomes is not as big as you think. They're pretty dang close. Mahomes, who plays a little bit more like Brett Farvish. Or Aaron Rodgers, you know, off-platform throws and uh, getting the ball out. Kind of a little reckless, but more explosive, big plays. Herbert plays a little bit more buttoned up, a little bit tighter, and but, you know, just as athletic and just as good as an arm. So it's going to be great. I'm looking forward to it. All right, so fantasy this week. It was pretty good for me. Personally, I executed a trade this week. First trade in the league coming in week three. Um, I did it after the Thursday night game, and Mark Ingram was involved in the trade, so it didn't get executed before I had the full matchup this week. But I'll read it off to you, and you guys can hit me with uh, who you think won the trade. So I gave up Mark Ingram, Rob Gronkowski, and J.D. McKissick. And in return, I got Johnu Smith, Cordell Patterson, and T. Higgins um reasons I did this trade so I gave up Gronk because I also have Kyle Pitts Gronk was off to probably the ho- the hottest start you can have as a tight end especially this season uh two touchdowns in the first two games so four touchdowns total his trade value is never going to be higher and I traded him to a team that is lacking tight end uh productivity so um, they actually reached out to me to start and said, Hey, I'd like one of your tight ends. What do you want for him? And, uh, I put in a waiver claim last week to get Patterson over McKissick. I put McKissick as my second option. And this guy got Patterson and I got McKissick and he was actually on the fence between who he wanted out of the two. So I said, let's swap those. Give me Johnnie Smith. So I have a backup tight end and you can have Gronk and Mark Ingram was just thrown in as extra, but give me T Higgins back. T. Higgins was pretty good the first two weeks, um, but he is injured right now with, I think, a shoulder injury. So he didn't play this last week, but he should be back. Um, so I thought long-term, I can throw T. Higgins as my flex, keep Pitts as tight end, because I was playing Gronk and Pitts at the same time, as one is tight end and one is flex. So did that one, um, put the poll on my Instagram, it seems to be leaning in my favor uh, getting Patterson, Higgins, and Janu, So I'm happy about that. It was a good trade. Appreciate you guys listening. This will be uploaded as a podcast as well at my F8 sports You can get that on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever else you listen. Follow us on Instagram at myf sports underscore. And appreciate it. See you next week. Go Chargers.